you for doing this. This was sure. fun. You got me out of a um, a financial audit at our church. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I may leave that in. Welcome, everybody, to Writers Not Writing. This is a show where instead of talking about the work, the grind of typing out the things that you love, we talk about what writers are doing when we're not writing. And uh, today's guest is Karen Eisenbray. You're going to love this show. This one's going to be a fun one. Um, and I need to remember, in a lot of ways, we're, we're getting better. You know, we had our first episode last week. We're learning. I am going to try not to do as many ums and uhs. Not Doug's fault. There were an overwhelming number of ums and uhs last week. And, uh, you know, Doug just hit a wall. It was like, I cannot edit all of those out. So not your fault, Doug, but I'm going to try and do better on today's show about that. And then... This week, we have our secret word. It's one of the things we'll always have. And so you listen for that secret word. And when you hear the secret word, you just make whatever noise it is that you're going to make. You can scream, you can make a fart sound, whatever. But what we're trying to create is a Pavlovian response so that when you hear the secret word, you always do that thing. And then at some point, you'll be in public and you'll be listening to the show and you'll hear the secret word and you just won't be able to help yourself. Uh, and that's a there's no point to it. It's just funny. So today's secret word, listen for the word gingerbread, because I have a feeling that if we're talking to Karen today, it's seasonal. Gingerbread may come up. Everybody, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Welcome. Today's guest is Karen Eisenbray, who is the author of Daughter of Magic, Wizard Girl, Death's Midwife, the Gospel According to Saint Rage and Barbara and the Rage Brigade, among other short stories, uh, fiction that's out there, but uh, those are her novels, fantastic novels. And uh, as listeners and viewers of our pilot know, the first thing that we do for the sake of the podcast listeners is describe what it is we're wearing because we show up for these shows. I mean, the, the viewers on, on YouTube can already see that. And so, Karen, do you want to tell everybody about what you chose to wear, wear for the show? Sure. I decided to borrow an outfit from my character, Barbara. So imagine a 1960s backup singer. It's a glittery purple mini dress with knee-high suede boots, also purple and a sparkly sequined cap and that cap is bright like <laughs> that is wild that's a lot of light and i went with something similar thematically anyway in that uh, i went with uh i'm dressed viewers can see that i'm dressed like one of the characters in my one of my novels too i went with the king of trolls who is one of the <laughs> you know one of the the, the fan favorites only the king of I couldn't fully do the king of trolls so I'm wearing the silver diadem and I've got these fake ears on with all the silver earrings and then I I had to find this suit that is uh it looks like it's you know scales uh, uh reflective kind of uh green and purple scales uh I promise the uh viewers as well as the listeners this is not real alligator no real alligators <laughs> were killed in the making of this suit worried. Uh, but uh, I found this thing and, you know, it's the, the real character is not wearing a suit of scales. 
the real character is, of course, naked all the time. But I thought that would be inappropriate for a YouTube show uh, that that you know children might potentially watch. Watch so, uh, and you know, I want to be able to wear this to cons, that kind of thing. So uh, yes, but here's my King of Trolls costume, uh, and not not quite as shiny as your uh, as your cap, but um, that 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 is very cool. Thank you for showing up. Uh, you know, the the listeners should know we we go all out for this show. Um, so this is a show about procrastinating. First thing that I want to ask you about is how you've been distracting yourself this week. What's been a distraction for you? Um, well, okay. It's December. So what I do in December is I bake, I bake cookies today. I was baking saffron bread yesterday. I baked, um, little spice balls. I made three different kinds of candy in the last couple of days and i'm not done yet that's excellent so, and are they for for you and the, the family or are those gifts or what's the, what's um, the plan mostly for the family i will probably give some away to co-workers and uh my my brother's family my dad if i actually get to see him in person but mostly because we have four adults two of them young living here the Things don't last. The, the candy goes. Yeah, my uh, I'm headed out to Cleveland to see the my, my family out there over Christmas break, and my niece on on the phone yesterday was saying, "So you're you're bringing fudge, right?" And I had totally forgotten that last year my fiance Crystal made fudge, and apparently it was a hit. And <laughs> my niece has not forgotten. So now it's a tradition. It's a tradition. We have to bring the fudge again this year. I'm like, okay, we will do. Which is great for me because that means I get more fudge. So that that worked out. Uh, thank you to my niece Eliana for uh, making Crystal make fudge. <laughs> it works for me. Um, so. What's some pop culture that's been distracting you this last week? Oh, okay. Um, so I I subscribe to a lot of newsletters and follow a lot of blogs. Some of them I enjoy. I read them whenever they come out. Others I sort of skim through. There's one that comes out every week that I look forward to and and make a point of reading everything in it and clicking the links and just doing everything. It's called the Freakly Digest, and it is the newsletter of a local band, Dead Bars. And it is just so much fun and it's so on brand for them. And it's all about lifting up that pop punk community and encouraging people and sharing the great music that they're hearing that maybe you haven't heard of. And they invite people to send in artwork and poetry um they have a recurring terrible advice column where <laughs> nice. i think i think people are writing in with fake problems and so they get really terrible advice but it's hilarious um so yeah every they have a, a feature every week the freak of the week well and, and tell everybody they why know. it's so important that you have that you've because your blog is great too so you know what tell everybody about your blog because that there's there's a connection there yep my blog is all about band names and i've been doing this since 2010 Every, and they're real band names and they're real bands i comb through the club listings i pick five that just sort of jump out at me and then i try to express why they jumped out at me 
which and your explanations are hilarious and so folks should absolutely follow you on twitter you're a good follow because i love the band names i get a kick out of that uh so what's the other what's what's another bit of pop culture um i follow somebody on twitter at feeder of cats a young woman who i think she works in a veterinary clinic and she rescues what she calls janky broken cats so i first became aware of her when she she was taking care of this tiny kitten that had lost a leg so this is a, a newborn kitten so she's having to bottle feed it every couple of hours the the leg is messed up the poor little pathetic thing and then she's just sharing pictures and this this cat now has his own mythology around him yeah. just because of the followers coming up with you know he now he weighs 200 pounds and he's plotting to take over the world and thank goodness he doesn't have four legs and well you know, I am, just, it's hilarious you should see doug right now doug the producer is like he's looking it up right now <laughs> doug is losing it doug has nine cats and so yeah uh, uh, doug is th this is right up doug's alley so <laughs> i think we'll, Haley we'll talk has more about doug's cats, cats when we get to the ads but uh, <laughs> yes Oh, that is awesome. Janky broken cats. Yep. <laughs> That's great. And you know, everybody just falls in love with these cats and oh, wants to yeah. know what they're doing and what what they look like right now. So it's yeah, it's it's quite a rabbit hole. Or I I will have to tell Crypto about that too. She will I mean, we have you know, George the cat is uh one of our absolute favorites. Yes. If you follow George. Oh yes, I follow George. Uh, you know, uh I, I follow George because as a union activist, like you know, I I, I love George for for George activism. Uh but uh <laughs> George is pretty awesome, yes. And so, you know, the travails of these cats become our uh are very important to us. Yeah, and, and I don't have any cats of my own right now. Yeah. So all of the internet cats are my cats. Yes, exactly. Same here. My dog is not uh, friendly to any other uh, species other than humans. Uh, she'll snap at bumblebees. She chases oh. down birds. She is protecting us from everything. Uh, and so uh, that, uh, that you know, uh, we can't have a cat, which is, I, I love cats too, but, uh, you know, Eve, Evie owns this house. So yes, I'm in the same boat. The, the cats of the internet are my cats. Uh, so my thing this week, um, last week I talked about the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which was okay. Uh, and then I was going to talk about the new Willow series, because, you know, talking to a fantasy author, nostalgia fan, but I realized that's two Disney plus things in the first two episodes and Disney plus is not giving us money. So uh, until they start sponsoring the show, I'm going to talk about spirited, uh, which is this new Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, uh, retelling of a Christmas Carol in a very clever way. And I went into this going, I don't think I'm going to like this because Ryan Reynolds is one of those people, and to some extent Will Ferrell too, where the, the persona that they have adopted and, and they come back to over and over and over is this annoying, douchey, punchable, whether it's Deadpool, whatever, and yet so intensely charismatic <laughs> that you're like, I don't want to like this person, but I'm really having fun with this and spirited absolutely catches that like you start watching it and you're going i am not gonna like this and then they start singing and dancing and i'm like oh i'm not it's a musical and i knew that but what am i getting myself and it is 
so much fun by the end i'm like why am i crying i hate that i'm crying (laughs) it's so good so if you want a holiday movie that uh, will exceed expectations uh check out spirited that that was a good one this week so what about the news what in the news has been keeping you from your writing this week Uh, well you know i honestly use my writing to keep me away from the news most of the time but i am kind of quietly following the Artemis mission because moon missions goes way back with me and so it's on the one hand it's like it's really exciting that we're getting back out there and that women are going to go this time and you know what why did we stop going to the moon and then on the other hand is this a good idea this might be a terrible idea we don't belong out there, which is I, yes. I mean, I space does want with. to kill you like that. Yeah, you know, that. yeah. Space is really hostile. I mean, we don't we don't belong in the ocean either, but we somehow manage. So obviously, we've got very smart people working on this stuff, but it it concerns me. Yeah. Why are we sending actual fragile human beings? to such hostile environments and Mars even more so like yeah really well, you know robots that's great I don't but I don't know if it's a good idea well here's my rant and about, we mess things up too yes but I I love it I am totally with you I this Artemis I am loving all of the the you know the people I'm following are these women who are engineers who are brilliant who are funny and that's really cool to see that women are getting credit for all the work in that they're putting into this project but uh, it is I, I've I've been loving this too but I am a big fan of space colonization but not for the reasons that a lot of people think of they're like why this is a boondoggle why are we putting a person on the moon what does this do for us and I have to say to folks over and over. You don't go to the moon for the sake of the moon. You do space colonization for what it does for us. When you look at you know, what NASA has given to humanity yeah. on Earth, it's titanium for wheelchairs. It's the computer system we're communicating with now. All these things benefit us that we learn through that challenge. And so I am hopeful that a Mars colonization attempt will you know all it's all the things we'll learn about sustainability on earth you know if we can figure out how to have a group of people stay alive in an environment that absolutely wants them dead what will we learn that will help us not destroy the world we live in now so i am a big proponent of space colonization i think it's an investment with huge returns uh so yeah i'm i am i am with you on that i think the artemis is gonna we're gonna learn a lot which is worth doing that's what we should that's i would much rather have our tax dollars going to learning uh about yes. those kinds of things than you know blowing up hospitals somewhere so yeah. i am i am and, really... and yeah and if space remains unmilitarized yeah like if the moon remains everybody's moon i'll feel better <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a very valid concern. Are people going to start going, oh, there are military applications because this is how human human beings fund things. It's either the military or pornography. And so, <laughs> you know, like, can we figure out how to go to the moon for the sake of going to the moon that and was, learning about the moon? That was very Shakespearean. 
Yes. Wars and lechery. It really is. Like that's why we that's what motivates the the big expenditures. <laughs> you know, and it's like um maybe learning could be enough for a change. I would love that. So, yeah, I, that that Artemis shot is going to be really cool. Uh and already the photographs coming back. Did you uh have you seen about what's happening Wednesday? No, what? there is an eclipse of Mars by the moon. So Mars will be in photographs just behind like photobombing and then the moon will transverse, oh, I think is the term, cross in front of Mars. So this is Wednesday in North America. So if you get a chance, I think it's around, I don't know, there's a map and you can uh -huh. pull up the map on your computer and see what time it is where and you're in the, you're in Seattle proper. Yes. Yeah, so Seattle, I'm Northwest, our time will be the, about the same. I think it's seven-ish, nine-ish, something like that. So if it's a clear night here in the Northwest, which you never know. Big if this time of year, but. Right. Yeah, and, but that sounds like really a civilized cool hour too, so. Yeah, and I'm sure there will be really cool pictures people take online. So yeah, check out Wednesday, the moon with Mars peeking over its shoulder. Neat. Um, so which brings us to hobbies so what is a hobby that has been uh, uh well you kind of jumped on this one your hobby is baking right it, that's one of them yep what else and, has been uh, taking up your time this last week um reading other people's books fair it's been a big thing lately um reading them and writing reviews always write reviews write reviews um and there's a certain amount of music that goes on not not as much as in the past but for instance tonight we have our ongoing band rehearsal b-a-n-n-e-d rehearsal which is a group of people that have been getting together since 1984 to make noise <laughs> and record it tell the listeners about all your various bands i mean not just bands you know church and bands and you know because you okay. you're in a, some a variety of music making yeah. uh, enterprises yeah. so band rehearsal is the oldest one and still continuing and is kind of turned turned into a family project because because it started out it was my husband and my brother and one of their friends and then i married in and kind of cemented it so that that's happening every other week. Um, there's my fictional band Saint Rage, which, which is only which sort we of haven't fiction. recorded any new songs in a while. We we got some things down before the pandemic, and then and then there was there's one demo that we managed to cobble together. I mean, it, it does, you know, uh, uh, challenge the conventional definition of fictional. The band really did exist and record real music. People well, can't get it. Well, my brother and I recorded the music for the band since they were fictional. I couldn't right. do it. But the songs are all real. And I, I'm hoping that when I finally get around to writing the third book, I will also be able to write a few more songs and we can do another little EP. Well, and I, I, I will be the one looking forward to the third book. I love that series. It's so much fun. So I'm yes, throwing um, ideas folks, in if a you bucket. want more music of St. Rage, please read those books. They're really a kick in the pants. So but check the, those out. Um, the, the real band that recorded the music for St. Rage is called Your Mother Should Know. Yeah. And it's not five teenagers. It's two 50 to 60-ish people. 
<laughs> and we have been on hiatus since 2019, not just because of the pandemic, mostly because we had too many other things going on. But yeah. hopefully someday both of us will be retired and we can take it back up again. Well, I have, I, I have, uh, you know, uh, a couple of songs by, um, what is the, what was the band's name again? It is not Your Mother Should Rage. Know. It's, yeah, yeah, what was it? Know. I'm sorry. Your Mother Should Know. Your Mother Should Know. That's right. I keep thinking You Ought to Know, which is another song. Um, but uh, Your Mother Should Know. I've got a couple of Your Mother Should Know songs on my phone. Like they come up in rotation. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. We, we have all of our local music in a big file that go, comes up on shuffle in the car. Yeah. And that's so much fun. So your mother should know comes up. St. Rage comes up. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, so what that, are that's some been other... one of my things recently. I, I got a new phone and when I switched, it lost a bunch of my music. And for a while, I just was like, okay, I've still got about, you know, half because I'm big on uh, my, my son makes fun of me. He thinks this is archaic that I actually want to own my music rather than stream mm -hmm. uh, music. I want the authors to be paid and I want to, you know, uh, to own it so that some corporation can't decide that it goes away one day. So I always buy the MP3s and I've got them on my phone and, uh, then a bunch of them disappeared and but I've got them all backed up and so I was going through recently and putting a bunch of them back on and I kind of rediscovered the Indigo Girls who I hey. stopped listening to for a long time and I am loving it uh, and so uh, I, I, I'm realizing you know there's this cliche of creepy guys saying I'm a lesbian in a man's body uh, which is just gross, you know, like uh, as, as a way of like, you know, but I'm like, I am a man who is engaged to a bi woman who drives a Subaru and I have short hair and I'm wearing a wallet chain and I'm trying to encourage her to listen to the Indigo Girls. So I do fit a lot of cliches. <laughs> uh, it's not a scheme to, uh, to hook up. It's just who I am. Uh, so, but I am loving the Indigo Girls. So if, if folks have not heard any Indigo Girls in a while, you'll go back to it and go, this is really, really good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. So next is our ads. And, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, we are becoming more professional. We're learning how to do this. And so now we've got, uh, Doug's got this great music that'll play in the background and we don't have advertisers yet. So Karen gave me this great idea for our ads so that we can demonstrate to potential advertisers that we can do this. So here's our ad and Doug cue up the ad music there. Okay, so this week we're sponsored by Eternal Sunshine Tattoos, a very unique tattoo parlor in Karen's own Seattle, Washington. Tattoos used to be edgy, but now they are so common, no one really cares about your tattoos. Yet many of us continue to indulge in this art form for ourselves. We get tattoos of things that are important to us in a particular time in our lives, and if we're lucky, things we want to remember, which will turn out to still be important to us decades later. But what if you don't want to remember something? What if instead there's something you want to forget? Swing by Eternal Sunshine Tattoos. No, this is not tattoo removal. Those produce painful, often visible scars, which make you remember a bad decision. Instead, these are invisible tattoos, which help you put a memory away forever. What's that on your thigh? Nothing, because you didn't want to remember that ex's name, so it's not there. What's that on your lower back? 
nothing because that night of wild drinking and poor decision making is forgotten. For significantly less than the cost of a normal tattoo and often far less time in the chair, you can get an invisible tattoo of the thing you don't want to remember. And the particular technique used by the highly trained artists at Eternal Sunshine Tattoos is not subject to the same legal regulatory framework. So while an artist in the state of Washington cannot give you a tattoo when you are inebriated, you can get an invisible tattoo while you're three sheets to the wind, and you may black out the entire experience along with the memory of the thing you want to forget. So swing by Eternal Sunshine Tattoos today, or maybe you already have, in which case you should check them out again. What do you think, Doug? I messed up that part in the middle. Should we do that one again? No? Go with it? Okay. So there we go. There's our ad read. So if folks would like to sponsor the show, we would love some sponsors. You know, I, I should mention, I, I mentioned this last Doug last time a little bit, and people are interested in Doug. They are very curious about Doug. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I talked to Doug about it and, and Doug is shy. Uh, Doug doesn't want to be like, you know, but maybe, maybe at some point we will do a show just with Doug. But Doug did say that I could share about Doug's cats because people were curious about Doug's nine cats and I mentioned one of them's name is Poops and Giggles uh and Doug's also got the, these are Doug's nine cats Poops and Giggles, Squee, Flaubert, Reginald, Daenerys Targaryen because you know that there, there was a time when everyone was naming everything Daenerys Targaryen uh I like this one Obama Wan Kenobi cute cat uh Curious Georgina, uh, and uh, another literary one, but this one's a little more, uh, uh, you know, so, some folks will get it. The cat's name is More Christopher. You know, I like that one. And then another literary one, Virginia Cat. <laughs> Virginia Cat needs a room of her own, right? That's, that's a good, that's a good bit. I like that. That's, you know, so, uh, so yes. So Doug's cats need uh particular diets so that's why the show does need uh, some advertisers for for the sake of doug's cat's weird dietary needs please uh, contact us if you're interested in supporting the show so our next our next segment is five word poetry so this is a potential line for a poem a you know an idea that can be a writing prompt what is your five word poem so karen did you bring a five word poem I did not because you asked me to come up with a favorite word. Oh, okay. So what was your, yeah, that's right. I, what, what's, what's a word that you would plug into your five word poem? Illumine. Illumine. I-L-L? I-L-L-U-M-I-N-E. And what does it mean? I believe it means enlighten. It's an old timey poetical kind of a word that I just love. It turns, comes up in an, an old hymn. Illumine. Um, so yeah. it's like illuminate. It's but... kind of, but it's a little more. Yeah. Open my eyes that I may see visions of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hand the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me. Ah. Spirit divine. And it's, you know, it's not a word you see a lot. It did get into a Your Mother Should Know song. <laughs> and I like it as the as a verb with illumine me. Illuminate yeah. me wouldn't work the same It's not way. quite the same, right? That's other things, light right? me up. But this is 
open my eyes so that I see what I'm supposed to see. Illumine me. Ooh, I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to play with that one myself. That's fun. Uh, our next one comes from Kelly uh, at PhoenixLily425 on Twitter. Ambition is a free bird. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and uh, Kelly donated a handful. I've got one for, from her for next week, too. If other folks would like to donate a uh, five-word poem, that would be cool. Send those in. Post those on Twitter, uh, on the company's page, uh, at Not A Pipe. Not A Pipe Pub is uh, us on Twitter. And, and send in your, your five-word poem. So next is announcements. And... Again, it's a show about procrastination, so I you know, don't want to put you on the spot and say, hey, what's coming in the next work in progress kind of a thing. What's happening now uh, as you are procrastinating? What's coming out that people should know about? What am I procrastinating from right now? <laughs> right. Which is, you'll be maybe be glad to know, it's revisions to ego and endurance, which ah. I have started making notes for and found the places where things need to to shift or be developed more or whatever. So I'm making very slow progress, but but I well, think it's going to be really good. And and this is, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit because I as the as in one of my other roles, uh wearing not this silver diadem, but my publisher hat, I, you know, got to read the early manuscript of that one and love that book it's so good and so i know that i gave you a whole bunch of like change this and consider this and look at this but the book itself is really good so i am i am very excited to get that into people's hands uh tell everybody a little bit about kind of the premise and how that came about okay yeah and this is something i've been dealing with for a really long time i think in about 2009 we went to the pacific science center and we saw an IMAX movie about Ernest Shackleton's expedition to Antarctica and how his ship, the Endurance, got frozen into the ice. They never got to do what they went there to do. It became a survival thing and everybody survived. And they had a photographer along, so they had amazing photos of this whole thing. And then right after that, we went to an exhibit about Mars exploration. And there was a little card that said, Antarctica is an analog site for Mars. And then this bell went off in my head, like, wow, somebody should write a space adventure based somebody on, to. on Shackleton. Really and it took somebody me a little while that. to go, well, I guess I'm somebody. <laughs> and so I wrote this, what turned out to be a workplace rom-com uh, <laughs> in space that turns into this survival story. Right. But it's but it's just kind of beat for beat patterned on that polar expedition, which was really interesting to research and try to figure out, okay, well, if we have a ship, so of course we need a spaceship, and they go to south georgia island okay i'm gonna say that that's mars and then they then go on to the asteroid belt yeah and so it, yeah and so i love the the structure too of a story that seems like it's going in one direction you know here is you know it's, it's romeo and juliet you've got 
the the first act is or the first three acts is a comedy and then the last two is a tragedy like this one is a rom-com and it's engaging and you know here are these people and you're getting to know them and then something goes horribly wrong and it becomes this other kind of story but now you're invested in the characters and so that that worked very well for me yeah that's that's a great book um what what else are you working on because that's not all that, that is never all it's never just one thing i went back to an old 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 fantasy project like the first fantasy novel i wrote plus the the series that it inspired that have just been sitting there because they were fatally flawed it was just like okay this is a good story but there's something missing or something's not right and i just couldn't bring myself to work on it again until i realized oh what's missing is one more book this isn't a four book series this is a five book series mm. and i need to write the middle piece so i wrote that and now I've been going back to those old existing manuscripts and adjusting them in terms of what I did in the middle book or what I now know about the world, because I discovered a lot writing Daughter of Magic and Wizard Girl and Death's Midwife. This is a prequel series to that. So I have this great advantage of I know the future. Yes. And so, okay, I can set things up and I can foreshadow things that I didn't even know existed in the world when i first wrote that book 20 years ago so when you say five book series this will be two prequels that's the plan or five prequels this will be a prequel series of five books of five so books it's a, it's a it's another trilogy with with two kind of um comic interludes yeah for that are for, that are book length or like they're book length but i think they're shorter than the trilogy books and they are very much more uh fantasy romance yeah oh i'm interested page. to see and then there's the was... main trilogy and this is actually very relevant to a show about procrastination what was it that helped you figure out oh this is what's missing because often it's something that's outside of the writing process oh god i don't even remember it was i think it was just thinking about okay i want to resurrect that series but I feel like there's something wrong with it. Now, I went back and I reread that first book and I had fixed a lot of the things already. Yeah. So, and I and forgotten about it completely. But I think it occurred to me, oh, book one and book two take place in this time period and book three and book four take place seven years later. And book four was full of flashbacks and then it clicked oh that's the book there's this big <laughs> hole in the middle and i can fill it and i even know what happened i just have to pull out those flashbacks and develop them yeah and at the time that i wrote that book i didn't care about all of that i was so eager to get to the reunions and the and the the resolution that i hadn't written all of those stories even though i knew what happened yeah so well, and I, I think this is, you know, so often we beat ourselves up as writers when we're not sitting at the desk, hammering away, you know, bringing those words onto the page. And that thinking time is work. Like oh, yeah. that's part of the process is just, I mean, it, it feels more like work when you're doing the rereading. Like that feels like work. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at the screen. I'm, I'm, you know, reading this old manuscript. I'm figuring it out. But sometimes 
you're taking a walk. You're yes. not at your computer. Yeah. And that's or, when or I'm about to fall asleep. Happens. Or I'm in the shower or I'm yes. driving in the car. And so I, I always tell people, I write for an hour a day, but by write, I mean sit at the computer and write. But I really write all the time. Do you know why shower is such a hour. big one? You know why we have so many good ideas in the shower? I was reading gone. about this. It's one of the few times in our lives where we're not tempted to reach for a phone. We're not tempted to, there's no other distraction. You can't so you pick can't up the do newspaper. anything other than, and what you're doing in the shower is the most rote thing. I mean, you know, you're going, I always, you know, uh, wash my body in the same order. Like, you know, like, okay, and then it's, and then it's, and so you're not thinking about what it is you're doing in the shower and it provides this dedicated time to just think. Mm -hmm. And so shower thinking is actually a valid part of the writing process. Like, I feel like it's very close to dreaming. Yeah. It, because it doesn't feel like I'm trying to solve this problem. It just sort of, and there it is. And I think it's not surprising that some of those other writing times where you are not writing, but you're thinking are the commute, the drive you do that you don't have to think about where you're going, mm -hmm. you know, and that's another time where you're going. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember driving to church on Sundays and I would accidentally drive to the school where I worked at the time mm -hmm. because I was just that's autopilot the drive i was on autopilot you know and, and aware enough to not hit pedestrians or other cars but otherwise my brain was a million miles away and that's you know that yep. that's part of the this, process we have a new car and we talk about we have to teach it how to get places yes because <laughs> it doesn't seem to just know the way yeah. the old car did well yeah beware that's coming yeah. <laughs> the cars will start to and again much like space colonization i have a whole you know rant about i, I do think that eventually self-driving cars are going to save lives they'll be good things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in the interregnum we are going to go through this control experience where we're going i can't release control because even if the statistics tell me that i'm slightly safer i don't want to feel like somebody else uh -huh. is doing this driving uh -huh. and so yeah. we're going to be really resistant until they are much safer and then but you know there's gonna be this pretty pressure smart. to say even we've this, gotta this switch. car that's not self-driving it reminds you if you've put something in the back seat it it turns the lights on automatically if it gets dark or if you go in a tunnel if it's a certain temperature if it's below 40 degrees or something i don't even know what the set is it turns on the heated seats and the heated steering wheel automatically which I love. It, that is cool. Yeah. But Crystal's new car, my fiance's new car has these features where like, if she starts to veer, it will start to auto-correct for her. Oh, wow. And then she has to- I don't to, so think hers has that, but it definitely tells you about it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're doing something wrong, if you're starting to exceed the speed limit, or if you're following somebody too closely, or if the person ahead of you stopped and you're not stopping fast enough, all the little red lights go off and it makes a lot of noise. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Hers okay. will tell her if she is sitting too long, like in a, a line for a fast food place, like it will remind her, okay, you can go. The car ahead of you left. You're, you can, <laughs> so like, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, Virtual this is amazing technology and will eventually save lives. But in the, in the meantime, there's going to be this transition period where we're going, oh, this is too much, you know, too much control. 
I love my backup camera though. Yeah. Yeah, I got one. My my car is not as new as, as Crystal's, but the one thing that I really did want, because I live on a very thin street and there are lots of kids, it's got a camera for um left for right turns. And mm. just right turns, oddly, but it's that's where you want to look out for, you know, pedestrians, for uh kids on bikes, that kind of thing. So when I hit the right signal or I'm getting a view that's close on that side so that I can go, okay, I'm not running over a child who's zipping by my car on a bike. And I love that camera. Yeah. The next thing is our weekly poll. And last week we asked people online, who procrastinates the best? Writers, poets, journalists, playwrights, screenwriters. And overwhelmingly, it was novelists. Novelists, then poets. So I don't know how people are defining best. Uh, it would be interesting. And there wasn't feedback. People didn't say, this is why novelists procrastinate best. They were just you like, oh, no, let me tell you. Novelists. <laughs> but yeah, novelists apparently are the best procrastinators, which guilty. Okay, I can, mm -hmm. I can, you know, I feel a little seen. Um, so what should be our poll this next week? Um, well, since we've been talking about baking, maybe we could do some kind of Christmas cookies. So what do you think? We've got I I I, I like bread, sugar cookies. What would be it? Shortbread. Yes. Let's have a fourth one. Um gingerbread, uh, sugar cookie, shortbread. Something chocolate. What's a chocolate Christmas cookie? <laughs> I never I don't make any chocolate Christmas cookies. Um I mean sugar cookies. Those, are... those chocolate ones with the powdered sugar. I don't know what they're oh, called. Oh yeah adding that so listeners uh look for us on social media we'll post that on on twitter and facebook check those out make your vote gingerbread sugar cookies shortbread or chocolate powdered sugar cookies and uh, we'll see which is the best christmas cookie our next thing is normally going to be listener questions we don't have any listener questions this week if you have a question, one of the things we were wondering about is what's the best way to kind of formulate those listener questions? The, the concept was, should they be impossible questions? Should people send like conundrums? Should they send, um, it's, it's more of a comment than a question. <laughs> Karen, I know you've done panels. You get the, <laughs> this is more of a comment than a question from, you know, old white guys who look like me. Uh, and so that could be funny to riff on, or maybe they could be as annoying as they are in a room full of uh, readers uh, when you're doing a panel. And then Crystal had a great idea today. The question, the variation could be, I'm asking on behalf of a friend. Because <laughs> how much? Asking for a friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. This isn't, this isn't, you know. Uh, so if you as a listener or viewer have a question, maybe it's not your own question. Maybe it's asking for a friend, send that to notapipepublishing at gmail.com. That's notapipepublishing at gmail.com. Uh, and put in the subject line, listener question, and we'll start answering those on the air with our guests. Next thing, Karen, where can folks find you? All right. Well, my I have my website, which is kareneisenbraywriter.com. I am on Facebook. Also, Karen Eisenbray, writer, and I'm on Twitter, Karen Eisenbray. And I highly recommend your newsletter as well. Square Pig in a Round Hole is where all the band name 
uh, yep. and the blog is is housed on my website. Yeah. So, that's so go through KarenEisenbrayWriter.com and check out and sign up for that newsletter. It's a, it's a kick. Before we sign off, some thanks. I got to thank the Zombie Dandies for our intro song. Welcome to the Zombie Coast. And Holy Holizna CCO for their song Kids uh, at the ad break. If you are in a band, got a song you'd like us to use on the show, I'd love to highlight listeners' work uh, rather than something that I found free online. So <laughs> if you've got something, that would be very cool. Uh, as always, thanks to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good uh, and taking the blame when it doesn't. That's all Doug's fault. I cannot forget to mention Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pipe Publishing. So please go to notapipepublishing.com and check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. Uh, if you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. Please check out Karen's novels. You can find those on notapipepublishing.com. Rate and review those too. Ratings and reviews make a huge difference to a writer, and they can be really short. This was a great book. It was really fun. Read it. You know, I mean, that that's it. And then just a single click on that fifth star makes a huge difference to authors. So if you've got three minutes, make a writer's day write a review. And I am not good at send-offs, not good at goodbyes. So Karen, what would be a perfect send-off for today's show? Well, since I'm dressed as Barbara, I will go with her slogan, truth, justice, rock and roll. Thanks everybody.